Hey friends, we are back with another episode of Momentum Focus. And as always, whenever we um, come into this space, the goal is to offer you some insight, um, maybe a little bit of wit, maybe a little bit of wisdom, but it will always be something that will invite you into the space to adjust your focus. Um, and again, that's never a finger wag or a shame or a blame. It is genuinely an invitation to say, think about what you're thinking about, what has your attention, where have your thoughts been moving you, um, what direction are you headed in, could there be a slight adjustment, even just two degrees, to redirect your compass to get you back on track. And so today's episode is no different. Y'all, like I bumped into, and I don't believe in coincidence, <laughs> but I ran into a classmate from high school, high school of all spaces where if you knew me back then, I didn't really say a whole lot. So the fact that I have a podcast right now is a big deal. Um, but it was a, it was a post on Facebook, which is so true to like where people have really criticize social media and just have claimed that it is the devil's playing field, which it can be, but you can also find some really beautiful, valuable information that just kind of arrests you and makes you pause. And this is what I found when I ran into an old classmate, Dan Check, <laughs> and he posted something from one of his classes that was talking about like humility and growth and emotional intelligence and my fingers couldn't type fast enough to say oh my gosh we need to talk um because I geeked out I geeked out over just like just the dynamic of we have these beautiful minds and these beautiful hearts and these beautiful experiences in life that we get to learn and grow from each other but if we've decided like I'm gonna live in my box and what has happened que sera sera right whatever will be, will be, we miss out. We miss out on even our past that has been broken could be the very tool that gets us to the next space in our future if we let God use it. So today we're going to dive into just, I don't know where we'll go, but <laughs> it'll definitely be in the space of just human kindness, um, the invitation to grow, um, the space of vulnerability and what does that really look like? Um, and even in this season, I've been asking God, like, what do you want me to do with what I've been given? And the other day, I felt like he said to me, like, make sure you're not sowing seeds in, in, in soil that is full of doubt because really good seeds could go to waste. So I don't know, maybe this episode is that for you trying to figure out what's been sown, what needs to be pulled up? Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to let Dan do some, is it Daniel or are you still Dan? You know how you grow up and like you have yeah. a professional name. <laughs> you call me anything you want. Dan, Daniel, DC. I know. Like, I was like, he's like Dr. Check now. Do I call him <laughs> doctor or do I call him Daniel? Uh, no, it's always <laughs> Dan with yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let him do his introduction, y'all. Officially, um, tell us, tell us who you are. Tell us what you're doing. Like, if people want to like really connect with you, like what's been happening in your world? 
Well, first and foremost, um, it is an honor to be here and to see you. Uh, Northeast Ohio, Canton, Glen Oak, yeah. Plain Local, right. the whole deal has a special place in my heart. It really does. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you're in Georgia, I'm in Georgia. And, yeah. you know, I love the weather down here. And, you know, it was an amazing day in Savannah, 75, you know, and in Canton, it's probably 12 degrees. And, right. You know, right. so I don't miss the weather, but I sure do miss the people, the places and the memories. And um, Ohio is very, very, very special to me. So as I stated, it, it's an honor to, to be here to see you and your smiling face. And the thing is, is you haven't aged since you were 16. So you look the Aww. exact same. So, <laughs> pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, I've been down in um, Savannah, Georgia for 20 years now. I've been a professor of psychology and um, specializing in emotional intelligence um, and positive psychology. And I've worked um, kind of from a performance psych psychology perspective with, with athletes and actors and actresses and doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. And um, it's been really interesting just to talk to people and understand what makes people tick, you know. And, um, over the years, you know, I've done a lot of research on some of the positive psych variables that you and I were talking about. And um, I love to talk about it. I love to, you know, just share some of my research findings talk about the different constructs, um, the different variables that are out there from optimism to joy, to humility, to um, growth mindset, to um, contentment, gratitude's a huge um, line of research. And these words are important to me um, because I think it can change lives, all of them can. And um, those words can be learned, um, they're not something that you're just born with. Um, you can learn to be optimistic. You can learn to be a little bit more um, gracious. Um, you can learn to grow as, as opposed to be fixed. Um, you know, it, it's important and try to live it. Um, got a great family, um, two awesome kids and uh, Lord's bless me, man. I've, I've worked for Major League Baseball for 16 years, traveling the world, um, developing the game. And so I go and speak to a bunch of kids and coach national teams and talk to government officials about the game of baseball. But after I've done that, I'm in this country having dinner with people to talk about various things on life. So, you know, I've got some really good stories from that, um, that that's near and dear to my heart. And it's transformed me into who I am. I mean, in 1996, my first country was South Africa. And, and I mean, it just totally changed my life to be in South Africa in 1996, where although apartheid was abolished, it still somewhat existed. And Major League Baseball didn't send me to all the white areas. They sent me to all the black townships. And, you know, that just totally changed me. Stuff like that, that's just so hard to um, really talk about without getting emotional because it's developed me, again, as to who I am. And, and, and the Lord's just been awesome. Yeah. Well, and that just, I mean, again, that, that speaks to allowing the life experiences that we've had mm -hmm. um, to shape not just who we are now as in like well it just happened so I'm here so it is what it is right mm -hmm. but to know that it also plays a part in who we're becoming mm -hmm. because which I was talking to someone today and we were talking about just this space of not living in regret 
because to do that would be to negate the fact that I'm having this conversation with you right now. If I hadn't had that life, mistakes included, right? Yep. Like stupid naivety, <laughs> right? Like right. doing things because I thought I was invincible. Or yeah. even, um, every decision led to the fact that now I'm on this conversation with you. And if that life had not been what it was, mm-hmm. I would not be who I am today. And so I'm le- like, I've learned to be grateful for all of those steps being building blocks to the foundation that I have, even if it means that now in my healthy state of mind, I get to go back and rebuild. I yeah, that, that word gratefulness is just so important. I mean, once you have that into your mind and, and into your heart, it's hard not to smile. It's hard not to live stress-free. It's, yeah. it's uh, excuse me, it's hard to live stressful um, because you're just grateful and it doesn't matter the situation that you're in. You, you just appreciate your life. You appreciate the small things. And um, that's just, you're, you're speaking my language as you, as you say that regarding your life. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I would love to um, just kind of camp on a couple of the, just the characteristics that, that you mentioned and mm-hmm. joy being, I recently discovered a couple of things about joy, um, mm-hmm. that joy is a discipline um, and that joy is a weapon. Mm. And when I learned, learned that it was, I was, I had been studying like the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Right? Galatians five, baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I like my email signature is live free and love well. Cause like mm-hmm. freedom is like, freedom is my anthem just from the space of the scripture in Luke where it says like she's been forgiven much so she loves much and because of that like I live in this space of freedom of like you don't even know how far I've come so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be as free as possible because I was shackled to so much fear so much doubt so much Mm -hmm. anger so much bitterness but when I learned to like let that stuff go it physically freed me up physically freed me up and then emotionally and mentally and like open my mouth to be able to speak right Mm -hmm. so in that space I've been learning that joy is my greatest weapon because fear kept me trapped trapped right and so now that I know that I'm free when I'm moving and I'm full of joy that I'm actually inviting other people into that space and even if it means like I lose all dignity and all of my joy, it frees other people up to realize like, oh, I don't have to have it together. I don't have to be all buttoned up and pinned up and perfect, like <clears throat> throw confetti, who cares where it lands? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. It's real. It's yeah. So real. And That's- it just, um, and to know that like, and I've heard people say, well, you can't, like joy and happiness are two completely different things because something has to happen to be happy and joy is from the Lord. And I'm like, yeah, but like the Bible talks about being happy and that you should be glad, right? And that's happy from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I don't know, it's, it's this interesting space of like, if God did something with me that brought a smile to my face, I was happy. That wasn't joy. It was like pure, unfiltered, happiness that I got to say 
God was good to me and I'm happy about it. And no one's allowed to come back and say, you can't be happy. You have to be full of joy. You know what I mean? So, and I've learned that because for so many years, I didn't know that I could be happy. Mm-hmm. Now I get to use that as a weapon, not to cut other people down, mm-hmm. but to go and help fight the pain that they're carrying or the fear that they're carrying to show up with this fullness of happiness and joy that also complements sadness. Yeah. You know, th- th- those words are very important. In fact, it's funny that you brought this up because I, I, my favorite question to ask anybody on the street is, are you happy? Are you joyful? What's the difference? And, and it's, it's an important uh, understanding of the two differences, right? Happiness is based on extrinsic environment, right? So, you know, based on what's on the outside, right? You're either happy or sad. Joy comes from inside, right? Joy is from that, that inner core. So you can be very unhappy. You can be very sad. Your environment can be crappy. You can still have that joy, you know? And so, you know, that's the beauty. That's what we strive for is that, that intrinsic joy. And that's one of the things, like, I was in Soweto. And some of the most joyful people that I've met in my life were in these townships that were dirt poor. I mean, living in shacks. But, man, at night... When we get together with family and, and, and just talk and sing, they were so joyful. And it didn't matter their, you know, external, extrinsic uh, circumstances. It just, just wasn't. It, it, didn't, it didn't get into their mind. Their joy permeated, you know. And I really learned that from, from, from that experience, right, um, that it doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter, you know, it's, it's gravy, right, if you're – extrinsic is is great and that you're happy but i think the goal at least for me as a christian man is is to really work on on joy you know yeah totally i'm i mean i could go so many different directions with that because it's (laughs) like even as i'm coming into like a, a deeper understanding and appreciation for like like giddy joy where you're like so beside yourself, you don't even know what to do with yourself, where you're yeah. like contagious with joy. Um, I can remember bad, like, and still to this day, just battling with, am I too much? Am I not enough? Like mm-hmm. where to pull back, where to show up more. Um, and a, a couple of years ago, um, I heard God say that it, I was like confetti in his hands. If I let my life stay in his hands, that he mm-hmm. would just kind of, toss it ever yeah (laughs) and and he said to me like whoever is waiting for a sign that i care Mm -hmm. and you show up fully yourself that ticker tape kind of falls in their face and they're Mm. like there's a sign from god Mm. but the person that's looking for the mess to clean up you potentially are a mess for them to clean up Mm. but that's not your responsibility to be you know, either or, like you just get to show up and be confetti in my hands, you know? Mm. And it's like, you know, like confetti, like you find a piece of confetti like years later and you're like, what in the world? <laughs> like, I thought I cleaned it all up, right? <laughs> and he's just been like, no, like it for the person that knows your story, 
that knows like you have no reason to be so full of joy. You bring hope. You know what I mean? And for the person awesome. that doesn't know your story, they want to lean in just a little closer to find out, like, tell me more about like, what makes you so happy, right? Like yeah. where do you get all this from? Um, so I want to like, I want to kind of unpack what you were talking about, just like um, the emotional psychology and the understanding mm-hmm. of like embodiment mm-hmm. that all of your all of your emotions and the inner workings of who you are are inside this shell you Mm -hmm. can't separate it and you can't just being being a fitness trainer and being in Mm -hmm. the the wellness industry of just really helping people embrace the skin that they're in and helping people understand like your story is in your body you can't like if you try to walk away from your story, you're like, you're disconnected, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're right on with it. I mean, in fact, you know, I've worked with a lot of professional athletes in regards to the notion of their security is based on their body. When at, in, in this, and these are athletes that are done playing, um, their whole mindset is their body. Their whole mindset is how they look, you know, the extrinsic um, and how they're perceived when in all actuality, if they were to work on their mind and their emotional intelligence, man, you pop. I mean, just like with you, you can tell the Holy Spirit's in you just by looking at you. Like you have the smile, you have the, the, the glow. I mean, you're, you're, you have the humility, but you also have empathy. You can just tell just by the words that you use. And that makes you attractive, right? I mean, that's just, you're glowing from an emotional, intelligent perspective. And man, like we put so much emphasis on the outside of our bodies. And we think in our minds that this is what's going to be attractive when it's the total opposite, right? It's, it's how it's, it's those positive psychology variables that bring attractiveness, right? Optimism, joy, empathy, humility, you know, growth, being able to actively listen as opposed to talk, you know, being others oriented rather than ego oriented, like all of those things bring a beauty to you that, you know, if you're working with physical trainers or working with professional athletes, it's something that's very, very important that we ne- very seldom talk about. Yeah, my, um, my mentor would just be smiling ear to ear right now because she she calls it uh quantum physics jesus oh, that's awesome yeah that's great <laughs> like there's it's it's this this meshing together of the science world and the mm-hmm. spiritual world that we still don't really have our brains wrapped around yeah all together um to understand that like this is who we are we mm-hmm. we are walking science experiments of like, <laughs> you know I mean? like that God just breathed on us and here we are and mm-hmm. I don't know but it it reminds me of like yesterday we were or Saturday we were in a um, anatomy training and just looking at just the just the intrinsic build of the body and like how mm-hmm. specific God was with putting all the parts together and everything works in unison and when one thing mm-hmm doesn't work another part has to compromise and looking from a broader perspective of the body of christ and how 
we were designed to work together and where one part is weak, the other part just inherently becomes stronger or should, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that if things are not, if things are out of balance or out of alignment, that the body was designed to take care of itself, mm. come back in alignment, even if it means that a shoulder is out of place because mm-hmm. the hip is out of place and you're walking sideways. And yeah. So we were kind of, we were looking at the, just the skeletal structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the presenter said, um, do you know the smallest bone in the human body? And a couple of people in the chat, we were on a Zoom call, a couple of people were like, yes, it's the, it's in the ear. And he was like, wow, I thought that I was like <laughs> coming up with something brand new to quiz y'all mm-hmm. on. And, and he said, well, do you know the name of it? Um, and no one knew the name. They just knew it was in the middle ear. And he said, well, then the actual name of that bone is the stir- it's called the stirrup bone. Right. And so I wrote it down in my notes and put a little asterisk by it. And I felt this little nudge in my spirit of like, hold on to that because I'm going to come back to it. And so Sunday we're at church and my pastor's message right now is on the unity of the body of Christ and how we grow better together mm-hmm. and how all of our stories are there to support each other, to grow, to move through humility, to move through vulnerability and empathy and things like that. And he's mm-hmm. so he read out of Hebrews of how we are called to stir up this connection with each other. Mm-hmm. When he said it, it immediately clicked that bone in the middle ear. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote in my notes, um, that's it. That's the connection to building each other up and supporting mm-hmm. each other is hearing each other. That's awesome. To sit long enough and hear someone's story mm-hmm. of not just to hear their story, but to find out like, who are you? Who are you and where do you come from? And like, mm-hmm. why are you? Because part of your story without a doubt connects to mine, N- not because it's about me, but because I'm having this conversation with you right now and that's what's connecting us. You know what I mean? No doubt. Sure. Where it's nothing, no, nothing is ever coincidental, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a broader even approach to while we try to get healthy and while we try to get well, um, just, I don't know, like as a trainer, we kind of joke that like a client comes in and they think they're coming to learn how to do, you know, bicep curls or (laughs) six pack, but I end up being like their psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you build up this relationship where they begin to trust you and they start pouring things out. And then Mm. you come to find out, I'm not here for them. They're actually like here for me because I need connection, you know? Um, But I wanted to um, come back around to what you said of each of these things can be learned um, about that optimism and joy and gratitude. Let's um, talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, I think each each variable is out there to, to be learned. Um, but uh, hold on, I'm gonna move real quick. Sorry, guys, I was just on a podcast here. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Um, the first word would be optimism, right? And so the definition, the operational definition of optimism would be 
seeing and expecting the future in a positive manner. Um, and you can learn to be optimistic as opposed to, you know, the stepbrother of optimism would be pessimism, seeing, expecting the future in a negative manner. And the words that we say to ourselves, the company that we keep, the people that we hang around, the affirmations that we hear from others, as well as we tell ourselves, really affects how we see and how we speak and the words that we use. And it affects our optimistic explanatory style. And we've done a lot of research on optimism and it's kind of crazy out there. I mean, like this looking at the differences between optimism and pessimism, optimistic individuals live significantly longer than pessimistic individuals. Um, they're significantly healthier. They have significantly higher GPAs in college. Um, optimistic athletes significantly perform better after uh, a poor performance than pessimistic athletes. Optimistic insurance salesmen outsell pessimistic insurance salesmen by 315%. Um, I mean, the list can go on and on regarding performance and just thinking differently. And it really does stem, I think, from a Christian perspective, it, it stems from getting in and staying in his word and really focusing on some of the words and, and teachings of Christ. But, but, but also, it, and I think it permeates with how we speak and, and, how we think about ourselves by reading the Bible. But from a non-Christian perspective or from a secular perspective, the words that we say are very, very important, right? Like you've heard this probably before, but when we say the word, but, you know, um, I'm a good person, but you don't mean anything before the but, right? So, you know, uh, whatever you say before the but, you don't mean. so. You know, just taking that out is very, very important um, of, of your lexicon. Um, if you're in a relationship and you hear, I love you, but you better be, <laughs> you better have that antenna up. And say, you know? um, when you say the word should, right? I should be doing this or I should be. You're doing what other people, you know, think you should be doing rather than what you are doing. Um, of course, if you say the word can't, you won't. Um, when you say the word wish, you really have no intention of doing what you really want to do. Um, it's just kind of out there. But I can, I will, it's going to happen. Those types of things are very, very important. Um, and those words are very important in that those positive, active words. Um, I, I can't tell you the importance of those affirmations and how we speak to ourselves. I know for me, the, the group of people that are in my inner circle, I just choose not to have pessimists in that circle, right? I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm not uh, negative towards people who are pessimists. I just choose, you know, I'll, I'll be nice to them, but I just, they're not gonna be in my inner circle. I need that uplifting and that positivity um, to be there um, because, you know, I've known a lot of people and heck in my life, imagine, I imagine maybe you too, you've lived with people that, have that negativity and it can easily spread. And before you know it, you know, you're living a life of negativity and then those words start to transfer and it can be very, very problematic. So again, uh, there's a great book out there by Martin Seligman, great guy um, called Learned Optimism. And uh, it kind of takes you through uh, the stages of, of learning to be optimistic. Um, Another word that we very seldom talk about is, is resiliency, and it's a related construct, but 
it's such a hot word nowadays of, of just never giving up, you know, words of vigor, um, drive, um, those, those types of words are all, all related. But now, I mean, the military has resiliency coaches, you know, and, and simply put, never, ever giving up, no matter how bad it gets, just never giving up. And I think it, it you know, the construct of optimism is there, you know, and is related to resiliency. But that is a choice too. No matter how bad it gets, just get up and keep going. You know, keep trying to be positive. And, and that's an, it's just something that we very seldom talk about. But to me, the definition of success is getting up one more time that you've been knocked down, you know, and that's very, very important. I mean, I'm shaking my head because, um, to, so like every time I teach a class, I try to either start the class with some kind of breath prayer or an intention, or we mm -hmm. the class with some kind of prayer or devotional. Mm -hmm. um, and today our prayer was, um, it was just a simple inhale, exhale prayer. The inhale was, um, I have a choice. The exhale was, I'm able to make a choice. And just this reality of just a slight two degree shift. <laughs> that yeah. Just set your compass one little direction, right? Of like you were either headed off the side of that river or here you found there was like a split and you took that direction. Um, and it just, even for myself as the instructor, because we started the class with that and then mm -hmm. midway through, I kind of brought them back and said, okay, don't forget your breath prayer. And I caught myself <clears throat> like recalibrating. Mm -hmm. So wild, like sometimes we know it enough like the old adage of like, you know, enough to be dangerous. Like, you know, it so much that you forget to tell yourself the same thing you're given other. Mm -hmm. um, but it reset us <laughs> to the degree that like the movements we were doing, it was like a mat based Pilates class. And so we were <laughs> and had two pound weights, but like yeah. I was drenched in sweat, like, Oh my gosh, because there was this connection. Mm -hmm of like your mind and your emotions and your spirit and your abilities. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, it was a really cool, like, I don't know, like I kind of caught what was happening while it was happening. Like, whoa, did that really just happen? Mm -hmm. And I love moments like that because it reminds me as the instructor that I'm still learning and that I awesome. still have room to grow as the teacher. Um, that I don't know, like, I remember years ago, someone telling me like, as the trainer, if you ever feel like you've arrived, you need to take a seat mm -hmm. and not teach for a while because it's you've awesome. gotten so far ahead of yourself that you're no longer teachable, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and just in that quick moment, I was like, oh, this is kind of <laughs> cool. And I don't yeah. know if they heard me say it, but I felt it and I felt like the class shifted. Um, which is just, I don't know, like it was a, it was a, it was the vulnerability of like, okay, I'm here and I'm supposed to be leading, but I felt like I just learned something new. Um, I don't know. I don't know what maybe brought me there, but, but it was just this, I don't I think it was when you said um, just that ability to get back up and never yeah. give up. Um, Cause 2020 has genuinely shifted me in this direction where I was like, I'm over it. 
if I never yeah. again, right? Like I'm, I'm tired of trying to make people change. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, and people that know me know when they start seeing that sort of like tilt, they're like, what's going on with you? Yeah. A, that's not how you typically speak. We've watched the joy kind of seep out of you. Yeah. Um, and we're used to you getting back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say all that to even say like, Probably a little pessimism too, right? Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. It's like I swallowed a lemon. It was like everything's sour right now. (laughs) But I know that genuinely like that at my core, you were talking Mm -hmm. about like those core, just my DNA, my thumbprint is just purely optimistic. Yeah. And I know you were talking about resiliency. I know that that is a God thing that he wired me to be optimistic. Cause I should not like shooting, like my, my mentor says, don't shoot on yourself. <laughs> right. But by all intents and purposes of like my upbringing and like circumstances, I would have yeah. every right to check off and say, that's the reason I should be pessimistic. That's mm-hmm. another reason. But I genuinely know that my DNA wiring is optimism yeah well it's interesting you say that because like you know when you look at personality uh, personality can be broken down into three parts right you have your core and then you have your typical responses and then you have role related behavior right and your core was pretty much established at when i when i knew you at in you know your freshman year maybe your eighth grade and it doesn't necessarily change much at all where your core was as a freshman in high school, is pretty much the same core as you are now. You have that optimism. You had, you know, now your typical responses may change a little bit. Of course, your role-related behaviors have changed significantly. Um, But your core pretty much stays the same as you developed when you're 13, 14 years old, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like we went down that road and like, you know, I, I'm the same way. Like I, you smiled. I've always had that smile. You know, um, I've always thought optimistically, you know, and um, it's just, again, that's a great way to put it. God wired us this way and it's it's in our core and it doesn't much change, you know. Yeah, man, it just, I mean, it's wild because. I mean, even just to think that at that stage of life, when we're most pliable Mm -hmm. to look back and and say like, man, if I look back at eighth grade, ninth grade of Mia. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm telling you, you have the same smile. I mean, you you, like the way you think, and now we're probably getting down some roads of brain plasticity and that type of stuff that we can talk about, but, but it, it's pretty, it's pretty similar from, from where you were. Did you go to Taft or Middle Branch? I went to Middle Branch. Well, I went to Taft in the sixth grade. Okay. And then Middle Branch seventh and eighth. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's the same thing. Um, So yeah. So like, as you're looking at all these variables, it's so interesting how they're all related, right? So you have optimism, which is related to resiliency right and so never giving up no matter how bad it gets you you keep going um to the notion of that growth mindset that we're talking about like if you know that you have resiliency 
you're not going to stay fixed, right? That difference between a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. You're really wanting to get better. You're really trying to get up, you know, a fixed person. If they're knocked down, most likely they'll stay down, right? Or they, they, they don't want to learn a different way or they don't want to try and get up because um, they're fixed. That's kind of how they want. And now they're really looking at, you know, Stanford's my, some of my colleagues at Stanford are, are looking at, you know, brain waves, brain uh, chemicals uh, of the differences between optimists and pessimists, but, but growth mindset people versus um, fixed mindset people. And it's a significant difference in, in your brain and how your brain looks. And so that's fascinating. So again, moving from optimism to resiliency to growth and fixed, but this notion of empathy, man, um, it's such an important word um, in this day and age and in this country where it just seems that egocentrism, what's in it for me, narcissism, all of these things just seem to permeate in our culture. And being empathetic is one of those words that people like to throw out and like to say that they are, but are they really? Um, are you really others oriented? Can you take off your shoes and put the other shoes on of another person and try to see life from that perspective? And um, again, just like all these other things, you can learn to be empathetic, right? And it starts like, with just good active listening, you know, from, you know, I'm just watching you on this podcast and you're giving me the head nods and you're giving me the smile, like, like it's telling me that you're listening to me. Right. And those are the types of nonverbals that really speak to another person, which really shows empathy, right? Like you're, you're listening to my words. You're, 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 you're not thinking about what you're going to say next, but you're, you're truly trying to, to take in what I'm saying. And, and that's, that's the start of it, right? And I work with a lot of students on just teaching them that, like, like teaching them the nonverbals, standing in front, shaking a hand, eye contact, you know, head nods, forward body lean when you listen. Um, and then of course, repeating or um, talking to that person and saying, hey, this is what I'm hearing from you. Is this correct? getting validation from that statement. You know, all, all of those things breed empathy and it can be learned. Um, and we just don't do it nowadays. I mean, it's something that we don't practice, you so, know? And, it's, and I'm like, I'm nodding my head because I'm like, yes, more of this. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I like my heart, my heart literally like, mm -hmm. and I don't see that. When I do, when I see people that are kind of cold and calloused to mm -hmm. to leaning in and and yeah. like actively listening, because you can almost feel when a person is not actively listening to you. Yeah, you can feel this like kind of reverse energy <laughs> where it's like and like yeah. bouncing off. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Like, that's yeah, you're right on. I was gonna mm -hmm. geek out for a second, but like you can feel it mm -hmm. when you're having a conversation with someone, whether you're sharing a story or they ask how are you doing, and you get ready to say how you're doing, and before your words come out, it bounced right off of them and came. Amen. Out. Yep. Um, and so and I'll tell you one thing: if you have any single friends that are listening to this, one of the most 
or one of the easiest ways to look more attractive is to work on your active listening skills. Whether you're a female or a male, depending, it doesn't matter your sexual orientation, anything like that. If you can listen and people, and you know you're doing a good job when you're talking with somebody and they say, oh my gosh, I've talked the entire time. I don't know anything about you. Tell me a little bit about you. That's the validation statement that you want to hear if you're an empathetic listener. And I'm telling you, if you do that, you become significantly more attractive. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, so I would love to know, and I, I'll, I guess I'll toss out the disclaimer that me and God have been having this conversation that like people are my priority, but they are not my project. <laughs> that yeah. I get to, I get to love people where they are mm -hmm. and point them to him and let him take care of the molding and shaping and, and rebuilding but at the same time he still needs my assistance in like the work of rebuilding yep right um so i've been learning how like learning which part is mine and which part is his <laughs> so yeah um and it's it's a wild space to be in mm -hmm. to know that like he would trust us enough to the care and keeping of other people like mm. really wild space and a humbling space to know that I don't have my stuff <clears throat> together, but yet he still wants to borrow my hands and my words. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so in that same vein, um, how do we help someone who doesn't want to be helped, who they, their mindset is so fixed, wh whatever caused it, mm -hmm. their mindset is so fixed that they could hear all of this and they're like, that's great. Yeah. You don't know my story. That's fantastic for Susie knows a lot, but you don't. <laughs> <know me. laughs> yeah. Like, because my heart says like, for the person that's pliable, fantastic. I'm going to give you what you need and then I'll be back. And then I go running towards the person that's like, heart is hardened mm -hmm their mm -hmm. like their faces are all pruned up and pinched up and they're like the world sucks yeah <laughs> you're a part of it so therefore so do you and i'm like fantastic you want to have coffee <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 and so like yeah. how do you, like you know what i mean how do you yeah it's, it's a great question and, and it's simple in in most counseling psychologists uh viewpoints in that the best counselors out there don't give advice, right? They just don't. It's, it's that person, when that person is ready, they make the change. Mm -hmm. Now, you can act the way you want to act to help yourself. You can pray and they can watch you pray. You can actively listen to them. And you can, you know, there's so many statements that you can say, well, how's that working for you? You know, you know, or tell me more, you know, and, and, there's so many statements that you can say to bring it back on them, but you could stand here with a bullhorn uh, with somebody who wants to stop smoking, right? And just tell them all of the neg negative aspects of smoking, right? Or drinking or whatever the behavior is, right? And you can be all scientific, but until they're ready, they're, they're not going to make that choice. Now, depending on the behavior, that's, that's a tough tough situation, right? Um, if, you're, if you're talking about heroin addiction or something like that, where the brain is being changed, um, that's kind of a different story. Um, 
there needs to be interventions and, and so forth. But when you're talking about just basic way of life, thinking, negativity, pessimism, fixed mindsets, um, there's nothing that we can do to, to, to help with behavior change until they're ready to change. And I know that sounds pessimistic, but it's the truth. Um, the, until someone really wants to change, they're not going to change. They're just not. And, uh, and that's based on theoretical, empirical, as well as anecdotal evidence, right? It's just over and over with time and, until people are ready to make the change. And it could be years, it could be months. Um, hopefully it's not that long, but all you can do in my mind is pray for them. Uh, let the Holy Spirit work with them. Let them see your shine. You know, if they, if that's one thing that they can do too, is, you know, see how you're living. You know, you don't need to tell them. You don't need to just show them, you know, that smile, like, you know, that, that just breeds well, how can I be like a man, man? What, what is she doing? You know? Um, and then when they're ready to make that change, they'll make the change. But there's nothing we can say, nothing we can do. It'll never save your time. Yeah. Full transparency of that. Um, I think because my heart, my heart begins to hurt for them not wanting to change yet. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, yeah, and I and I'm I'm quicker to just make it about me and say like, "Why well, did it wrong?" or "I did too much," mm -hmm. or, I "Didn't do enough," or mm -hmm. and even to hear you say like, "Just let them see you shine." Then I'm like, "Then they're gonna say that I'm too bright." <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> "Dim it down to me and like yeah. smiling so much." You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you find yourself in this tension of like, mm -hmm. do I stay around them to, to maintain the brightness in their life? Or do I pull away because mm -hmm. maybe I'm annoying to them? And you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And then, then you're like, well, fine, then I'm just going to hate you. And then you like turn away and you're like, this is terrible. I feel like a heel. Like, you yeah. know, what I mean? it's just, yeah. it's a wild space to like, I don't know, like, I truly honestly believe where the Bible says, like, out of the help that you've been given, wherever God has redeemed you and restored mm -hmm. you and healed you, he mm -hmm. puts you in front of people who have walked a similar path because you you empathize with that. Because you you know the walk, you know the talk, you know the posturing, you know the the language, you can tell when they're pretending. And and, and you and you're like, ah. I was you. Let me help you. And then, and then you're like, never mind. Cause I, cause my default yeah. is, well, fine. Then if you don't want my help, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't come to my classes. <clears throat> you know, three statements that you can say that are so powerful to people in the mindset that you're working with is first off, I love you. I really care about you. I, I love you and I care about you. There's no doubt. I am not going to enable ineptitude. And when you're ready to change, you let me know. Mm -hmm. I'm your number one fan and I'll be there with bells on. Those are the three statements I think, you know, lets them know that you still love them, care for them, that you're there for them. Right? But you're not, you're going to set your boundary and you're not going to enable ineptitude. You're not going to enable it. 
You're not going to listen to it. You're not going to accept it, you know. Um, but when you're ready to change, I'm there. And I'm going to, my arms are wide open and I'm ready. Because <clears throat> there's nothing that I can say or do to help you change. You're going to have to do it your own. Well, you just preached to me. So I'm just going to take that advice for myself. <laughs> I'm like running down the list of all the people that I had checked off and signed off. Like I'm not helping them ever again. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, the call to empathy is so, I was listening to a radio show the other day and she said, <coughs> I don't think any of us really know the answer to WWJD. And here we are yeah. now 10 years since that first <laughs> coin. <laughs> but I think the answer to it is empathy. Yeah. What would Jesus do? He would empathize to the least of these, right? Yep. To know that, I don't know, I was reading something, I was reading the story the other day of just the story of the woman that washed his feet with her tears. Yeah. And, and to see the way she was criticized for showing up. And, and it's like, could we just all be humble enough to realize that like, here we are sitting at the feet of Jesus, probably uninvited to the party. Yeah. In the, in the beauty of like some of those stories too, is how Jesus would speak to those that judged or were sinning or, or what have you. And he was setting his boundaries and like, I'm not going to enable that y'all. And, you know, he was very forthright and saying, I'm not going to enable ineptitude. You know, that's wrong. But, you know, this woman who's, who has been a sinner before is trying to help and trying to make amends. You know, I'm loving her. She's trying to change, right? She's trying to be better. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just like, you know, we just see ourselves. Years ago, I remember learning, um, see yourself in the story. Mm. You are either the protagonist or the antagonist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> too because you're clearly not jesus so figure out who you are in the story you know that's awesome um, yeah and so i'm and not that every story would you know do that but i'm always yeah. try really hard to like step back and see who am i in that story am i looking at someone who is just still like still at the feet of jesus am i looking at them as though they're groveling am i looking at them as though they haven't pulled themselves up you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just to realize that, like, I could potentially be looking at someone like that, which is humbling. It's like, yeah. Um, but it just, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we're running out of time, and I'm like, we could just keep going because, <laughs> because <laughs> I want to keep talking. Yeah. Just, um, man, I just, I want to like set up a webinar and hand you the mic and say go and just like <laughs> your wisdom sir please because it just this is such a space of just in the work that I'm in and the mm -hmm. people that I know have trusted whatever I offer them um, whether they are my colleagues and they're in the business or ministry of fitness and wholeness or these are people that are clients or potential clients or what have you um I try to offer people this matter-of-fact approach to the practicality of what you said of like, this can all be learned. Yep. Choose to. 
Or like my mentor says, you can choose to be stuck on stupid. And if you choose to be stuck on stupid, yep. you just gave me my answer. When you're ready, I'll be right here. <laughs> That's awesome. So true. But it just, I mean, I appreciate you just making time um, to just sit and chat with us. And I don't think this yep. is the only conversation that we'll have. Yeah, let's do it. Any, any Seriously, anytime. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy talking about it. Yeah. And the fact that you have a Christian emphasis is, you know, very, very near and dear to my heart. And whatever I can do to help this grow, um, I'm at your beck and call. It's, it's important. Uh, I appreciate it. I have a whole workshop that I do on vulnerability and, and the awesome. stages of that from the perspective of a tree, from the roots to the growth to this awesome. outward stretching. Um, yeah. So I would love to just dig in on that, no pun intended, um, and yeah. really kind of unpack that one. But Dan, I appreciate mm -hmm. your wisdom. Um, I'm probably going to pass your name to uh, the ministry that I work with, Revelation Wellness, because- Great. Um, my mentor who is the founder of revelation wellness like she geeks out geeks out <laughs> over <laughs> over the neurology and the just the understanding of the inner workings of our humanness mm -hmm. um, and the spiritual component of that awesome um, and she she can speak to that in ways that i'm like yes keep talking that yeah. like, I, like i'm formulating the words but then i can't articulate them um so I'm going to pass your name over to her as well. Um, yeah. And, and vice I, versa, you know, we're starting, there's a big movement here, you know, in the Southeast in regards to spiritual health and developing spiritual health centers. And, and, and it's not necessarily catered to Christianity, but it's catered to any type of spiritual health practice, whether it be yoga, uh, art, prayer, meditation, and, and having a center where people can come in and grow spiritually and develop, you know, we always talk about gyms and physical health, but, you know, growing that spiritual health, there needs to be space for that. And everyone thinks they have to go to church for that. And we're finding that there can be other mediums for that. Not that church is wrong. I'm not saying that, but, you know, there needs to be places where you can go and, and get a little spiritual health by, you know, I'm getting old to the fact now I love adult coloring books, I put my headphones on and I go into the park and I just color and it just brings me peace, you know? And, uh, I just went to Michael's yesterday, and this is not a plug for Michael's. They did not sponsor this podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> so they could. I, I and bought like a whole basket. Like I, I had to buy another container to contain the pins. Yep. Um, and I bought all these pins that were like earth tones. The whole packet was called Earth and Sea. Mm -hmm. So it was all these earth colors and very cool colors, and then another packet that was called flesh tones of all the different colors of potential yeah. flesh tones um, just for therapy yeah and and if i draw and it's not worthy of pinterest i don't care <laughs> <laughs> so, well i'm gonna let you go i appreciate you again um and i would be back in touch with you because i do see awesome. um i see the potential of us doing some work together um, for the long term. So awesome. Look forward to it. All right. Take care. Have a wonderful yep. night. See Bye -bye. you. Bye.